Cast and Blast Conversation, Season 3, Episode 9. Awesome guest again this week, Megan Johnston of Riverbend Cattle Company. And you guys are going to love this story. You know that in Florida, conservation has a lot to do with ranching. We talked about it a lot. We've interviewed Matt Pierce. We've interviewed Brad Ferris. We've talked a, a ton about how ranches keep development off the land and the importance that cattle play on our Florida landscape. We've taken a different approach with this episode because Megan is a first-generation rancher. So I think you guys are going to love her story, love what she's doing with Riverbend, and I cannot wait for her to tell it to you right now, Megan Johnston. Megan, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm great. Um, first question, who is Megan Johnston? This is the existential <laughs> version of this question <laughs> okay um i am a 30 year old first generation rancher in uh, floral city florida which is in citrus county uh, so i raise and direct market beef direct to consumer um so i rate i do everything from the cow calf side of things um raise the calves all the way through um about two years old and then have the beef processed and sell sell to consumers through online and uh, farmers markets so we're going to come and i call it the origin story we're going to give the the x-men's x-men <laughs> version of the megan johnston story um please make sure i call you johnston and not johnson oh. i've already messed that up <laughs> twice um but first i have to ask you some questions that everybody gets and that is, do you have strong feelings about pineapple on a pizza? Oh, I forgot to be prepared for that one. I you know. know. So then we get them raw. I, like yeah. I, I didn't prep you for this. Um, you know, I'm really, I don't, I don't really have a strong feeling about it either way. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't ask for pineapple on my okay. pizza. I'll put it that way. That's the correct answer. <laughs> like I feel better. Like I feel like the interview is going to go well when someone says that. When they go the other way, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a fight. <laughs> um, you are a cattle rancher. Yep. You're not, we're going to talk about hunting and fishing in a second, but you're a cattle rancher. Do you snack when you're out? I mean, you have to, right? Because you, oh. you're leaving the cabin and you're going to work all day. Yeah. Like, what is your snack? What is Megan hmm. Johnston's snack choice? Let's see. Yeah. Um, like trail mix or peanuts, anything like that. I, really classic stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty. I try not to snap, but yeah, it's, um, I get hangry pretty, pretty quick. <laughs> so. And if you hear, if you hear animal noises, we are sitting on, uh, Megan's back porch with, um, crows and cranes and overlooking cattle and I'll get distracted. She'll probably get distracted at some point. <laughs> so, um, the last question is, are you a Little Debbie fan by any chance? Oh, yeah. I, so I what is your go-to Little Debbie? Like, this is this is for people to like you or dislike you. This uh, is really going to... No. I mean, I'm a fan, but I probably haven't had one since I was 12 years old, I don't oh, think, no. I have to say. But, yeah, no, I kind of kind of forgot about how much I liked it. Okay. All right. Um, so, we I, I teased this a little bit. Do you hunt or fish? Um, not lately. I mean, yes, for fun, I'll go with other people, but I, so I grew up, uh, my dad was really into fishing. We used to spend a lot of time, um, down like off of Pine Island and, um, Upper Captiva Island. Charlotte Harbor the, area. Yep. Those areas. So up until I was probably about 15, I was, you know, we fished all the time. I was super, super comfortable on the water and stuff. And then after that, um, you know, just life got busy. We kind of stopped going as a family. And then now as an adult, I've just, if I had the time, I would definitely be more into both hunting and fishing. But now it's just kind of when I can go with other people, I will, but um, I'd like to do more of it. You, you went on your first alligator hunt last year. Yes, sir. With, with friends of the show, Stacey Woodham and Steve Woodham and Adam Bass, mm -hmm. just a whole, which 
thoughts and prayers for you for dealing with those <laughs> those clowns. Um, and did you tell me you applied for tags? Yeah, I started to last night. I need to. Yeah, I need to finish the process. <laughs> yeah. That's exciting. So, yeah. so you're gonna make some time to go alligator hunting? Yes, definitely. Yep. <laughs> um, so tell us, tell us about Megan, like your origin story, like who who is Megan Johnston, like at a broader a broader level, like so. Yeah from florida yeah i was born and raised in florida uh, my mom's family is from here as far back as we know uh, my dad's lived here since he was two i believe something like that um so yeah i always always called florida home never really had any desire to live anywhere else um and so i grew up none of my family is from the agriculture industry uh my dad's in the restaurant business and so i really had no idea idea about beef cattle at all um, especially not how big of an industry in Florida it was uh, until I was in my mid-20s pretty much (laughs) so luckily when I was about eight or nine I I just wanted to take horseback riding lessons and begged my parents and they let me so I got hooked on the horse industry and did that growing up and then after high school got into um a career in that industry so what 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 do you mean by horse like equestrian stuff or just like mm-hmm, like yeah, barrel race like rodeo horses or no like, not ro- i didn't know like anything about horses. rodeo yeah i grew up actually doing the hunters <laughs> and um that kind of stuff like at a show barn which i did i got burnt out on that in high school i kind of took a little break um after high school i, I went back to it um because I don't know horses are really just the only thing I've ever really felt comfortable with and you know really kind of fit in with so I got back into it and at that point got into the quarter horse business so I was uh, working for a couple who showed in the you know the hunters the halter horses um just all that kind of the 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 quarter horse circuit stuff so I basically just rode for them whatever they wanted to put me on started giving lessons a little bit too but kind of just to make a little extra money (laughs) so you got out of high school and started pursuing horse horses at a, as a career. right yep and then what happened um so I still had no no idea about the beef industry but my I kind of was at a point I guess the folks I was working for they were going to be retiring and there was really no no room for me to move up in the job I was in um so I just luckily my dad he was in a hunt club with uh, a guy Ben Bartle who his family is in, big in the beef industry and so my dad said you know you really ought to come and meet this guy and he can uh, kind of maybe give you some ideas on how to stay involved with horses because I know they use it a lot in their everyday life um, so I met I went and met with Ben and he he told me a few suggestions on how to get into just horses on a bigger level and and then he brought me over to meet his aunt and uncle who had a boarding facility at their house and it kind of never he wanted me to go down the Clinton Anderson road which was like way uh basically horses would have been my entire life it's like move out to Texas and it really just not really what I wanted to do it's um it wasn't really a fit for me so that didn't really go anywhere but I started keeping a horse out at his aunt and uncle's at Bill and Paula's house um and so they also had a cow-calf operation on their place so I started seeing 
you know, they would rotate cows in the evenings. Um, and I just started asking Bill, what is, what is this all about? You know, what, <laughs> can you explain what, what you do with these cows? And, um, he's, he explained it and he would let me go and tag along with him and stuff. And he at one point said, you know, you really ought to get involved with, um, Florida Cattlemen's Association, the extension program through University of Florida. And so, uh, I took that advice and, uh, the more I learned, the more interested I got in it because it was a way for me to stay involved with horses, but have a kind of a bigger purpose, I felt like, and do something that was important, you know, pro- actually providing beef to to people, I felt like was a much more fulfilling career. <laughs> so how does one become a rancher? How does a, I'm guessing, how old were you when you started this? 26, 27, uh, yep, I was about 20, yep, 25, I think when I moved okay. up here. I'm going to ask it this way. How does a 25 year old girl, si- single at the time, mm-hmm. single yeah. at the time, become a cattle rancher <laughs> with a lot of uh advice from people <laughs> and just learning things the hard way so yep yeah, i am um, i spent a while you know once i decided that i wanted to actually do this and and have um you know, have some involvement in the beef industry. Um, bought a herd of cows. Uh, ben and his uncle Bill helped me um, find the right ones and uh, moved them up to the property I'm on now. Wait a and, second. Uh, What's a herd of cows? It was 25 Five? head. Okay. Yeah, 25. I had okay. I had enough money um, that I had I had it set aside to either buy uh, or you know make a down payment on a house or buy a herd of 25 okay. head cows. Okay, so you bought, you bought 25 cows. <laughs> yeah, so um, 25 bred cows. So um, they were going to start calving in the, the December, December of that year, November actually. By um, bred, you mean they were already they were pregnant? pregnant, yep. Okay. And so... Um, yeah, I moved them out here, and it yeah, it was just a lot of trial. It was a very big learning experience because I was by myself, um, just learned a lot of things the hard way. I was really blessed to have people like Ben and Bill that I could call and ask questions. The extension agent, Mr. Ed Jennings, at the time, uh, was an amazing help. He, you know, anything from pasture management, um, you know, nutrient, beef cattle nutrient requirements, whatever it was, I called him a lot. <laughs> Um, so that it was yeah, really good to have those resources, but then a, a lot of things I just learned the hard way. And then once I moved up here, um, I was, it was the county fair that year. I was working at the cattleman's booth and met a lot of the other f- folks around here that were in the cattle industry. So that was really big help to meeting people up here that were also just as helpful. And by here, I think you talked about this at the game. We're in Citrus County mm-hmm. near the Withlacoochee River. And so how big, how, how big is your herd now? Um, so I still have the same 25 head that I started you do, with. You do, you started yeah. your original cows. Yeah, I have them. I moved them out to a lease um, about six miles down the road. And then I, I bought another herd last year about the same size, 25 head. Um, but they are just a little bit of a different breed. They're red cows. I wanted to kind of get away from the, the black hided stuff. <laughs> so, um, yep. So it's about twice as big. And then more recently, since... So when I first started back then in 2015, when I was just buying that one herd, it was going to just be kind of on the side. I still had, I had an office job just to pay the bills. It was just going to be kind of a side thing and a then right, <laughs> a way to stay involved with animals. Um, but then when I decided I, you know, I really loved it, I wanted to make it a full-time job. Uh, really the only way for me to do that was to start raising beef and selling it. So I did that, started that probably back in 2017. Um, so since then, I've 
begun to you know need more than 50 head total to to sell the beef from so more recently i've uh, partnered with a friend up in north florida so he's feeding I've, i'll buy like 50 head of steers a year from him when he weans his cows um or weans his cows off of his cows i'll pick out 50 head that i want and he'll feed them for me the rest of the way so so, so talk about this for a second um typically in Florida, and, and we've interviewed Matt Pierce. Do you, oh, I, yeah. I think you know Matt. And we've interviewed Brad Ferris before. Uh, both of them Okeechobee area ranchers. Mm -hmm. And they run full cow-calf operations. Mm -hmm. Explain what that is. Because they did, but explain kind of what that is. And then we'll talk about what you're doing that's same and different mm -hmm. than that. So cow-calf is what's the most most typical um for ranchers in florida because so it, that's just the first step of the beef process so that is um getting the cows bred so you got bulls and your cows so you get the cows to have typically your, ideally you want one calf a year um because their gestation period is nine and a half months so you're um have they have those calves uh within one season most of the time uh and then you keep raising the calf until they're ready to be weaned usually about eight to nine months something around there um, and then typically they'll just sell that whole group of calves um, and they'll go straight to that buyer and that buyer will take you know you're done at that point and then you they put back. the calves on a train or something to yep, Texas on a, on a truck and I mean some people you'll you can go to the sell barn and sell them there um, but if you have a you know you can make a semi load then they'll yeah those big cattle haulers you see on the interstate it's usually um, and then they take them to a feedlot is that what it's called um, or like a backgrounder which is kind of the step in between uh, weaning and feedlot um, so yep someone else who's going to help get those calves to where they can gain weight and start growing and make it to a feedlot where they're yep gonna be finished beef as quickly as possible so that's a cow calf operation mm -hmm. you do some of that yeah so i i started out just doing that like my first year i sold my calves at weaning and then was done with it and you start looking at the next year and getting your cows bred for for next season um the reason it's not very common for that in florida is it's really hard to feed cattle here um the reason know, it's not common to keep them oh yeah yeah i'm sorry to um keep them after weaning it's really hard to feed cattle in florida what, what do you mean because um, of the just, grass because yeah, of the nutrients or because of the amount of supplemental feed or, uh, or both yeah so the grain that is finished to or used to finish steer excuse me um you know is typically grown in the midwest or out west and so it's a lot easier to haul haul calves to the grain than haul all the feed to the calves um and then the weather it's you know it's hot and humid here so much of the year and it's hard it's a struggle for those animals to be gaining weight when you know they're constantly dealing with that so um and then also like you said the grasses our our grasses are pretty poor in a lot of florida <laughs> compared to other states so um yeah we're just not really not the best state to uh grain finish stuff but you decided to fly in the face of that <laughs> a little bit right yeah so how did you how did you land at that like what made you decide to pursue finishing beef um it was kind of out of necessity honestly like i was saying when i decided i wanted to do this full-time you really can't make a living off of just selling 25 calves a year and i didn't have the ability to have many more cows than that i couldn't you know i don't i was 
living on 140 acres that, you know, I don't own or anything. And I had the maximum number of cows I could put on there. And so that was really the only way that I could grow the business. Um, and then kind of when I started looking into that, I was at the same time getting more questions from, you know, family members and friends about, uh, you know, they'd be interested in what I did and they would ask me for beef, even though I was only in the cow calf side at the time, they would ask me for beef. And I kind of started realizing that not many people understand, I mean, just like I was to begin with, not many people really understood how the industry worked or uh, that there is even a beef industry in Florida. <laughs> so it kind of also got me interested in maybe helping tell that story. And, um, you know, I was in a better position to connect directly with the consumer. Um, so it was a little bit of both, both reasons. And so tell a little bit about how you did that because you started, well, just yeah. tell, tell how you decided to connect with the consumer. Well, so it was hard to figure out how to do that. You know, when I started the cow, getting interested in cow calf stuff, there were resources, like I was saying, the Florida Cattlemen's Association and, um, the extension program at UF, there's a lot of information of available to people on raising beef cattle on the cow-calf um, sector. But <laughs> finding information on finishing beef was really difficult. So I, it was a lot of um, just kind of trial and error. <laughs> um, I just, it, you know, one year when I sold my calves, I kept back a couple um, and just decided to kind of see how they grew, buy feed. I did buy, actually, the first year I also bought some older calves from other folks around here that were heavier and closer to finishing weight and then I had to find a processor um, that was USDA inspected which I knew nothing about that part of things I, you know I had never even done freezer beef a lot of people have you know would at least put uh, put a steer in their freezer every year and kind of like with hunting you know whatever you kill that year you put in your freezer so you can take it to a custom processor I didn't even know about how that worked <laughs> but um, and then finding out how to get it done in a way that I could sell to the public was really difficult. <laughs> so I started out with, I found one processor is uh, close by. Hold on. I'm going to interrupt this story. <laughs> how did you find this? How, like, like how did you just trial um, and error like yeah, internet searches internet and searches asking bulldog people determination? <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah just not stopping until i found some answers and there weren't always the right answers either so we find out you know a lot of things the hard way <laughs> um but yeah so i ended up there was a, a place in uh, south marion county that i tried I'm, i don't use them now but that's where i started going and um and then i had to figure out how to sell it to the public which i knew probably my only option at the point uh, at that point was a uh, farmer's market. So, um, just reached out to one of those and, you know, asked questions and they they don't really, they didn't have a lot of answers either on like what I needed to do legally. <laughs> but, um, so I ended up just, uh, getting, I think two steers processed. I had to buy some, uh, you know, chest freezers and then, um, kept that at the house and then I just loaded up like igloo coolers to take to, and the, took farmers. to the farmer's market mm -hmm. <laughs> and you set up at a farmer's market in Tampa yep and uh it was in Wesley Chapel at the Wiregrass Farmer's Market <laughs> and you just went every Saturday and sold beef yeah I think I I don't remember if I I know the first market didn't go very well so I don't know if I went right <laughs> went back right away but yep just uh, started going to as many of those as I could <laughs> and do you still do that Yep. So eventually, and the the coolers that was not ideal. It was not not easy to load and unload coolers in the truck and everything. So now, um, I think it was in 2019, uh, we got a 
kind it's kind of like an old ice cream truck looking thing that you know we could act it would keep the beef frozen <laughs> so like a refrigerated uh, truck yep so i'll um drive that to the markets now and then now i've got um a girl taylor helping me so she's done she's started just recently taking over some of the markets for me so i can kind of have a life again <laughs> which is nice <laughs> yeah because let's talk about that as a rancher you don't get vacations, you don't get days <laughs> off, right? Like, I mean, right. it's really hard to pull off unless mm-hmm. you have somebody that can come tend to your... Right. Your, mm-hmm. Can you talk about that struggle? Yeah, well, I'm not very good at balancing things. So, yeah, I definitely... <laughs> <laughs> um, and, I, and I also like what I do. So, it is easy for me to just kind of get totally... Uh, in my own world and do nothing but work but I enjoy it at the same time so it's not not totally a bad thing but yeah I've had to learn to kind of balance <laughs> a little bit I, I laughed because you called me about 15 minutes before we were supposed to start and said how far away are you because I want to know if I have time to go do something <laughs> <laughs> so you don't seem like someone that sits around and watches Netflix very much no. <laughs> um but I need to. I, I'm I'm trying very hard to get better about relaxing. <laughs> but that's part of. It's also not just ranching. That's part of growing your own business, right? Mm-hmm, like exactly. you have to hustle hard until you can hire some people to help take some right. of the load off of you. But you're the one mm-hmm. that cares the most about it all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um. So with that, you started. Uh, is, w- was it always Riverbend? Um. Yeah. Technically, it was called that. You know, um, as a company. But yeah, I d- started actually advertising it to the public as a Riverbend Cattle Company. And so now you've moved into, you still do the farmer's markets, mm-hmm. but you also do online sales. Yeah. So I started, I think it, that was probably about the time I was getting pretty burnt out on farmer's <laughs> markets. And I said, I've got to, you know, I would like to settle down one day and have a life and have a family. And I, I need to be able to um, still sell beef, but be able to do that. So I wanted to look into selling beef online. And that was also really hard to find answers. So I ended up doing um, kind of a business school seminar type thing um, out in Northern California through a place called Five Mary's Farms. Um, so that was really where I finally found answers on how to safely ship beef and sell it online. So yeah, I started, started doing that a couple of years ago. So I'm going to ask you some existential questions a little bit, <laughs> but why is ranching so important? Like, why is it so important to you first off? And I know you've talked about this a lot, but why, why is it so important to you? So, um, there's a lot of reasons <laughs> I'm trying to think of how, how to uh, give you somewhat of a simple answer. Um, but you know, back when I was kind of trying to figure out how to get involved with animals as a career, um, I really wanted to, uh, I knew that I wasn't going to be happy in a life in a future where I lived in town, um, in a busy place and there were never any, uh, you know, pastures or wide open spaces anywhere around. Uh, so I felt like getting involved in the industry at least gave me the opportunity to have a future for, you know, for my kids one day and for myself to stay in that kind of uh, situation. Uh, so it's really important for me to not only keep those places preserved and help keep those places preserved, but um, you know, if there's ever people like me that, you know, that were in the same situation I was in who don't come from that and want to know how to get involved, you know, I feel like if we keep the industry, um, going and keep promoting it, then that will kind of give other people opportunity to get involved in the future too. Almost another, uh, it would give people like you an entry point into it. Right. That's a little easier than yours. Was. <laughs> right, is, that, yeah. is that a fair way to say it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, because it sounds like it was a tremendous struggle 
that one that you enjoyed and one that mm-hmm. you persevered through but yeah i mean the the people in the industry were amazing that um the cattlemen association was was great but if i hadn't been you know i was really blessed to find out that it even existed because if i hadn't then i yeah probably never would have have been able to get those opportunities why going back to my existential questions why so we talked about why it's important to you why is it so important in florida because this is a this is a message you share a lot on your social media and stuff and i I think it's a really powerful why is ranching so important yeah um I do. I'm not the best about social media, but I do want to get better because I, that's something I definitely want to share. It's a core value of the business. Um, it, I just, it's, I mean, I'm 30 years old and even in my adult lifetime, I feel like I've seen the state change so much and it's pretty scary how quickly it's moving. And, and I mean, if you look back, you know, long before I was born, even you know, it's, it's been going that way for a long time, but, um, yeah, it's it's important to me to help help hang on to whatever's left for sure. And and I think uh, Matt and Brad and those guys have talked about it before, and I've I've heard you share similar message. There's not going to be houses here mm-hmm. because there's going to be cows here, right? Like, mm-hmm. and and I I think um, I can't remember. I don't, I don't want to give credit to the wrong person, but they they say cows keep Florida green, right? And it's true. Like the the wildlife corridors, the the just the landscape. Your your pasture looks so much better than if it didn't have cattle on it, right? Mm, right. Because they keep it grazed down and they keep invasives kind of at bay. And, like, they're mm. a much more natural or hoofed grazer, I guess. Not right. natural, but <laughs> they replace almost the, the grazers that would have been on the landscape. So, mm-hmm. what do you, Megan, and I'm not putting you on the spot. Well, I am putting you on the spot. <laughs> I'm not asking you to speak for other people. But what do you think the future of ranching looks like in Florida? Um... I wish I could say it more confidently. I don't know. I mean, I've already, you know, to be honest, I'm already feeling the pressure of, of encroachment around where I am. And, you know, when I f- moved here five years ago, I thought, oh, my word, this is heaven on earth. It's so quiet. And now I feel like <laughs> claustrophobic already. So I don't know if that's just me that's changed or if that's really how quickly things are changing. Um, I, I think, you know, the... Florida's cattle industry, Florida's cattlemen are extremely passionate about uh, preserving the values of this industry and this lifestyle. So I, I think that will definitely uh, go a long way in in helping the future of the cattle industry. But I don't know. I guess I, I feel like a lot of people, they're, they're not interested in getting involved in it. They don't, you know, they're not interested in preserving it. So I really hope that that's not true and that that doesn't affect the future of of the state but um yeah i don't know i i think i heard five of the 10 largest ranches are in florida is that right I think something, something like, like that something yeah to or, that effect? um yeah or at least a couple of them yeah, yeah like mm-hmm. and, and those are all cow calf operations right yeah so um what is in the future for riverbend what are you cooking oh gosh <laughs> well that's that's definitely changed a lot in the last few months um so I don't, I guess for a while, I just, I wanted to just have a, a business that could support a family one day. Um, you didn't, now, you didn't start with these grandiose dreams. Right. <laughs> no. Um, now it's looking like, so, you know, I started partnering with that friend of mine I mentioned earlier, um, Will and his wife, Selena are up in North Florida. Um, and then, you know, I've talked to, um, 
my boyfriend and I both definitely are passionate about the cattle industry and, and want to keep the business going. So I, I'm, I'm definitely hopeful that there's that opportunity, at least for us. I don't know if it'll be, um, right here in Citrus County, the, if, if that's where we'll be, it's like I was saying, I'm, you know, we're both already feeling the encroachment and kind of wanting to get somewhere a little bit more isolated, uh, but definitely wanting to stay in, in Florida though. So, um, that's the goal is to keep things going. We want to expand. My goal originally was to process a hundred head a year. I'm already, <laughs> we have it. We're just finally getting to that point and I'm already wanting to, yeah, to so, increase so you, it. You set a goal now um, of 200 or I what, what do you do? So, yeah, I think, I, I mean, I never want to get probably bigger than that because I think it, it's important to stay small enough where you're directly involved in, in every part of the process. You know, I never want to get to the point where I'm not raising cattle anymore for sure. Um, but I, uh, we do want to grow it to where, you know, we're able to reach more people. I think there's enough people in Florida for us to still uh, focus on, on keeping the business, you know, selling to customers in Florida. You know, I, obviously I want to do whatever we need to to keep keep the doors open. But um, I, I do think that it's also important to sell locally and because and, the people that we need to be telling the story to are the ones in florida so um yeah i'm hopeful we, we interviewed a guy one time his name's adam Steele, and he's a he's like a chef kind of cook connoisseur i don't a purveyor <laughs> of meats or something he's not a rancher but he, he processes game and stuff and he said used to um you bought your food from the person that raised the food mm-hmm. and now you're doing really well if you can buy it from the person that knows the person that raised mm-hmm. the food and really, you're probably seven to nine connections away from that. Right. Maybe more. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really refreshing when you find a business or an opportunity where you can shorten that mm-hmm. whatever that is that those hops that that gap. Yeah, the number of middlemen. <laughs> yeah, the number of middlemen because mm-hmm. it, I would assume it can make it more profitable for both sides of that, more more economical for the consumer and more profitable for the business side because it's t- touching less places, but. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also you know where your food came from. It's mm-hmm. the same thing that resonates with a lot of sportsmen, right? We want right. to go shoot a deer because we know that deer lived out there in the wild until we shot it. Mm-hmm. So similar with your cattle. Right. Someone that buys it from you knows that this cow was <laughs> within this span of care for its entire lifetime and mm-hmm. had this quality of life, and now I'm getting to reap the, the rewards of it, mm-hmm. the benefits of it. Yeah, that's the impression I get from most of the customers I talk to is that's really all they want to know. You know, I get a lot of people, they ask if it's grass finished or got antibiotics or hormones and all this and that. And I might not have all of the answers that they wanted to hear when they first asked the question. But once they learn that I actually was raising the animal or had even a, you know, a part in its life in, in raising it, that is much more important to them than any of the other stuff. From Because what I you tell. may give it antibiotics because you think that's the best thing for the cow. Right. Well, you, like, yeah. You know. And I wouldn't put that into the beef program. Um, and I, I haven't had to, I haven't had that. Sorry. Yeah. Yet, that was me but, pulling oh, that no, out there. <laughs> you're fine. But yeah. No, um, you know, if I, like, for example, if I did have to give one an antibiotic, um, you know, I would explain to them if it, if it did end up back in the beef program, it would have been after the withdrawal period designated on that antibiotic and and, you know for the most part I feel like people that once they just are explained it's explained to them the reasoning and how it's raised because a lot of people they just they don't know the answers to begin with so really any answers uh, it's going to be better better than nothing for them we talk about nuance a lot in every aspect of conservation and I feel like sometimes good intention things get hijacked for marketing 
so organic mm. grain fed <laughs> antibiotic free yeah yeah those are well-intentioned things i think at, mm. at their base but it, they sometimes get hijacked into something that they were not intended to be and it ends right. up hurting maybe a rancher or a oh yeah no i try really hard not to focus on any of those because i think the the story is much more important. The bigger picture is more important. And I, I've, the impression I get from the consumer is that that's more important to them as well. So if people wanted to get some of your beef, where would they find it? So if you go on the website, it's riverbendscattleco.com. Everything is listed on there, uh, but there's two. And you update it pretty you or Taylor update it pretty frequently, right? right? Because yes, I, I've gone and looked and you're out of something and a day later it's there. Right. <laughs> yeah, I try to. I'm not I'm not the most tech savvy person, but I tried. I can at least figure out how to adjust the inventory. Um, so, yeah, that, that is um, accurate on there. And then uh, there's two ways of getting the beef. You can, when you're on there and you add it to your shopping cart, you can select to either have it shipped to your door and we ship Mondays through Wednesdays. Or you can, there's another option on there that'll say pick up at a farmer's market or at the ranch. And so if you do that, you don't have to pay for shipping, of course. And then we'll contact you and set up a time for you to either come and get it or we'll bring it to a market that's close to you. What, what are your social medias? I'm on Instagram. It's at Riverbend Cattle Co. And then on Facebook, I believe it's the same thing, Riverbend Cattle Co. or company. <laughs> ping, ping me if you can't find it and I'll connect you with it. Um, I have another question that I thought of looking at your coffee mug. Um, But there can't be many, I know you have a boyfriend, but I'm talking (laughs) like you started ranching as a single woman. Is that a thing? (laughs) Like, I mean, there can't be many out there, right? No, I mean, I've met some some other females who have grown up in the beef industry and and are just as passionate about about it as I am and want to stay in the industry, but really not even many of those. Um, but I have to say, I've never felt any kind of challenge or pushback from, you know, most of the people I work with in the beef industry are males, but I've never been treated differently. I've never been told, um, they view you as a rancher, right? Exactly. Yeah. I've never been told, um, I mean, you know, that I, I can't do something. I mean, I'm, I'm realistic, but obviously I'm not as strong as a male <laughs> is going to be. So if we're, you know, in the cowpens or something I, I I'm realistic about that I'm not going to try to do something that I know I can't do I'm not ashamed to say that, that I, you know I can't lift that because I'm a female that's perfectly but for the most part yeah I've, I've never um never been treated any differently or told that it was an issue that's awesome <laughs> yeah. that's awesome that's, it's a weird question to ask but it's a <laughs> thing that it's like it's a world where you don't see many women yeah i mean you do the obviously lisa pretty is is big in the cattle industry in florida and south florida and but you don't see many single women young single women that are taking on ranching right yeah i think there's like a stigma that you know male ranchers are going to have a problem with it but i know i've never ever gotten that um the last thing i need to ask and i'm sure our listeners want to know this because i've asked it to to both brad and matt when i interviewed them Uh, mortality on your ranch do you you have a lot of mortality with um no i and i am very small like compared to both of those guys and a a thousand head right so on a bigger scale yeah no i have not and same with the antibiotic issue like you were saying earlier i've never had to deal with that just because i've never had you know i'm on a much smaller scale um so a lot of those issues just don't i mean i've had you know i've had to put a cow down for like just kind of random but you don't have bears or panthers or 
Um, Stuff like that really taking your cattle. Yeah. Coyotes. There's coyotes out here. There's there, I've heard there's a bear down around the Orange Canal just north here around the bend there. But no, nothing that will actually uh, bother anything. Well, typically, I mean, I, I don't want my mama cows to be that super aggressive but i do want them to be good good mothers and so if they are and they're physically capable like you know unless they're like down from calving and they can't get up or something then they'll keep coyotes away um anything like that yeah no, uh vultures not a problem <laughs> no not unless that like i was saying if like if a cow has a calf and sometimes if they get paralyzed uh in in calving then they can't get up and vultures will take advantage of yeah, that situation that's a, i know that's a problem down south yeah but it looks like you got a lot more tree cover and stuff too where they can get a little more secluded yeah and i just haven't knock on wood i haven't had any issues like that with and you know there's it's such a small size operation i i, I don't watch every cow that's about to calve but i do at least try to check every day during calving season so yeah. awesome <laughs> once again give us give us your social media handles and your website so the uh the website is riverbendcattleco.com uh instagram is at riverbendcattleco and facebook i believe is is riverbendcattleco as well and you're fully stocked on beef right now right not just yet but at the time when this interview comes out yes it's, okay yep. so so hopefully everyone that's listening to this will go buy it all out and you'll yeah. be out of, you'll oh, be yeah. out of stock instantly <laughs> yeah and that's one of the things we've been working on i've finally found a solution to just this year working with uh will and selena up in um madison is that we will finally be able to have a steady supply of beef year-round so yeah that shouldn't be a sustainable inventory right exactly yep well thank you so much for for keeping us all fed <laughs> i mean yeah, that's a big deal that we don't celebrate enough for ranchers like right america yeah. eats beef and so thank you so much <laughs> yeah, for doing that and we appreciate your time yeah anytime thank you Thank you so much to Megan for being so generous with her time, for hosting me out at the ranch and, and, and just showing me a little bit into her world and talking to us about this thing that she loves so much and it's so important for all of us. I'm going to give you a warning right now. If you buy some beef from Riverbend Cattle Company, just be prepared because my family is now addicted to it. So we made burgers with beef from Megan and it was incredible. So just go into it eyes wide open with that caveat and warning. Make sure you check it out. Riverbend Cattle Company. Thank you guys so much for listening. Y'all have a great week.